Sit With Us acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to the land this podcast is recorded on. We also pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Sit With Us, the podcast. I'm Ella. And I'm Dom. And this is your invite to sit with us and chat about all things relationships, reality TV, pop culture, and everything in between. Coming up on this episode. We're in our home. I go, what is going on? You know, I went on a experiment and actually found someone. I got really good at covering my tats. Like, Rupert, get my back. Come on. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back officially together in the flesh. In the flesh, in Sydney, <laughs> in the studio. It has been a minute since we've done this. It honestly has. It's, it feels like it's been a while. Yeah. I, I think we haven't been in this studio since we filmed and recorded our first birthday episode maybe potentially or maybe it's after that. I don't know. I've, I've lost Was it with track. Abby? Was that our last one? I think so, yeah. Oh, my it? God. I don't even remember. We're like almost at the end of the year. I don't even know how we got here. I haven't seen you for like – I feel like it's been about two months. It, it's been two months. Guys, yeah. it's been a while. I was trying to figure out if it's been longer than when I was in the jungle. I think it has been. Which is like wild to me. Yeah. It, it's still even wild to me that I even went to the jungle this year. I like I don't know where this year has gone. Honestly, I don't even know where this year's gone. It's, like – it's crazy getting back into the swing of life and just everything. But then knowing that we're almost at Christmas now. Christmas, New Year's, and then it's 2024. Like Bro. a whole nother year, a whole nother aging up, like getting into well, – I'll be turning 30. You're turning 30, dirty 30. I'm yeah. levelling it up to 31. And gang, soon. Gang. And <laughs> soon. That's in Feb. Like it comes around so quickly. Dude, like I'm 31 in Feb. Like what's with that? I don't. Know. I still feel like I'm 16. I know. Me too. I've just got adult responsibilities and adult issues. Yeah, that's all. I'm and the same person. I'm, I'm, I was gonna do a podcast about it, but I thought I would mention it. You guys might have seen um, on my socials. I've been getting this cosmetic acupuncture. Yeah, <laughs> like it is. I'm not wearing any makeup today. I don't know if this is gonna be turned into a real or not, but I'm not wearing any makeup today. And I gotta say, like, I have dreamed of leaving the house, not wearing makeup and feeling so like, – I've, I've dreamt of having – it's yeah. like a luxury. It's like a blessing. It's like it's such a lucky thing to be able to have and I used to see girls all the time, even you, like leaving the house, having not one blemish or purple or red dot on your face. Like yeah, it's just – the best feeling. Your skin journey has definitely been something that we've all gone on with you. Yeah, I think we you've really documented it well on Roaccutane. You know, that we've we've gone through it with you, babe. Yeah, uh, but you've had all of the all unfortunate the, side effects. We've the, just heard. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of side effects, but I've been doing this new thing, and it's cosmetic acupuncture, and it's basically like an alternative to Botox. Obviously, we love our Botox. We love feeling. Love it. I love it. having no uh, emotion on my face. Yeah. give it to me, please. We bitch. love it. We see it as a preventative, so it prevents our wrinkles from happening when we're older. Exactly, and. Guys, this cosmetic acupuncture, I know there's not many clinics that do it. It's a very niche 
area to be trained in. I mean, niche as fuck. Like, yeah. let's be honest, who has even heard of, exactly. who even knew that it was a thing? I, I mean, I didn't. I saw a friend of mine, Sarah, do a story and she had all the needles in her face and I was like, babe, what the fuck is that? Like, what on earth are you getting done? And she's like, babe, it's like Botox. And I'm like, what? But like terrifying though because the needles go into your face. They do. And then they just stay there for a while and then you're just sitting there with needles in your face. But I like I fell, I fall asleep straight away. Like, and there's some in your toe, in your foot, in your calf, in your belly, in your hands, in your wrists, and all of the different areas treat different things. So, like, your foot might be for your hormones and your metabolism, and then certain areas might be for your immune system. It's and then here, these pressure points yeah. right next to your nose and your sinuses is for hay fever. Oh so my god! The acupuncture uh, acupuncture actually gets rid of hay fever. In a natural way, wow. like it's not putting any chemicals. It's not doing anything internally, like with it, like for it's anything all foreign. Pressure points, yeah. And it's all done with pressure points, which I find incredible. But we are going to delve into that. Yeah, we will another we have time. To. We're gonna we're gonna do a whole episode on that because I think it is so fascinating. And yeah. I know you guys loved when we did our episode with Freya and got yeah. so much out of it. I know I was getting messages from women in their fifties who were being educated on things that they never even knew and they've they've had kids. Yeah. So I, it was something that we love doing with Freya. Mm. I know we're going to check my, back in with well, her. I've got my um, consultation with Freya in two weeks to oh. go through all my bloods. Oh, great. So I need to I need to do my bloods again. Um, I've started eating meat again, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a wild, crazy ride. Um, I started eating meat when we were in Spain, actually. Jack handed me a piece of steak and I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do it. And I ate the piece of steak and I was like, okay. Like it, it kind of – I think it was more my head. He was like, you can do anything – like get your mind over matter. You know yeah. what I mean? He's like he, – he's sitting there he goes to me, you ate fucking zebra testicles. Yeah. You can eat a fucking piece of steak. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I just couldn't imagine <laughs> life without steak. But I've also eaten meat my whole life. But I have steak now probably twice a week because Guy loves his steak. Like we'll go to the butcher. Yeah. We'll make sure that it's like preservative free and like it's grass fed. and Yeah, grass fed, all, all, all that those... like good stuff. And like yeah. it's better to buy it in small amounts and buy good stuff. But yeah, I, yeah. So I started eating um, mincemeat, like bolognese. I feel mm-hmm. like that's an easy way of That's a very easy way of getting into myself it. into it. Yeah. So I guess that's my probably biggest life update at the moment is I'm starting to eat meat. Yeah. Really? And guys, holy shit, I finished recording Love Triangle. Uh, Crazy. Crazy. It comes, well, this episode will be going live next Wednesday and it would be going live then tomorrow. Like. Wow. It goes live next Thursday, the 5th of October. Oh my God. Next Next Thursday is the 5th of October, Well, which is tomorrow when this goes live. But Love Triangle goes live then. And guys, I just finished doing the voiceovers. Um, like two weeks ago or a week ago, I don't even know, and I bumped into some of the cast at the airport. When I tell you that there is drama, there is drama. And we all know like reality TV, <laughs> you know, there's always shit that goes down off camera. There's shit that goes down on camera, you know, post show, all the drama that happens when it goes live. Like there is so much to unpack in this se- this series and – you guys have to watch it because we're going to be getting some of them on as guests. Yes, cannot wait for that. So, And, yeah. like, we love reality TV. We love the drama. Yeah. Love, love Triangle. How I have somehow gotten myself into yeah. the drama, not on screen, the mm-hmm. off screen, we will, we'll, we'll 
we'll get to, there eventually. We'll get there on eventually, but yeah. that's just a sneak peek of how intense this season is going to get, guys. Yeah. Don't even get me started on it. Ella's just uh, filled me in on shit today, and I'm just like, mm. okay. There's always get- there's always something these days. Like, I when I had the media interviews last week I was actually saying to them how I don't actually know any of the cast right like I don't know any of them in any way shape or form usually somehow you kind of know someone down the line you know yeah and like now one of the cast members did come to me and he's like oh actually we do have mutual friends and there is a mutual friend and now there's another link with Dom and it is weird because there's all these links now and the link ain't a clean link. We don't like this link. Yeah, this link's not a great link. Um, but we can't talk about it yet. But guys, fucking, you have to watch this season of Love Triangle. And this is not like some hook to get no, you guys to watch Love Triangle. This isn't even an ad or me being paid to endorse it. This I'm is, genuinely telling you. This is you. legitimately like cooked. Yeah. How intense this is. I, I actually can't wait for you guys to find yeah. out everything. Like it's And like what happens and like. How everyone thinks it's the same as last year with the twist oh. that's coming, but it is not the same as last year. I can't even remember if I said this already on the podcast. I know I said it on my stories already, but yeah, it's not the same as last year. Like, I can't wait to watch it. I haven't seen yeah. anything yet, but like, I've just heard. I haven't snippets. even finished it yet. I know. I've just heard snippets from you yeah. and, you know, from what I've seen online and read mm. kind of little things, but I cannot wait. Speaking of reality TV, mm-hmm. we have a pretty special guest on today. Um, I'm sure you guys are all MAFS fans and if you're not, um, I'm sure you all know this beautiful face. We mm-hmm. have the incredible Evelyn um, sitting with us today. She's just looking at me <laughs> right now. Through, she's just walked <laughs> into the studio. And we're really, yeah, I guess we're really happy and excited mm. to have her on because there are a few things – I've definitely got my questions to ask. Mm. Um, And I feel like it's a good time. Like, you know, we've probably all seen that there's been people going on podcasts, like talking about, you know, things that may have gone on in maths, season 10 and all the drama that's unfolded post-show. And we thought now would be a good time to get her on as a guest. We have wanted to have her, but, you know, obviously there's been some roadblocks along the way. And I think it's a good time because the dust has settled now. Mm. You know, MAFS has aired. It's like finished airing in the UK. uh, And I think, you know, Evelyn's settled into her life and her new Mm. relationship with Duncan. And, you know, other people have come out and spoken their truth and whatever bullshit you want to call it. And I don't think this is about Evelyn coming here and like being like, this is my truth. It's actually just having a good old girl chat. And And also like... I want to know who Evelyn was before maths. Like I tend to not know a lot about everyone. So it's like who was she before the show? What did she do before the show? There's a few questions that we both have and I'm sure that you guys would want to know. So I think there's going to be a lot more to this conversation than just sort of talking shit about certain people or other people. Without further ado, guys, (laughs) let's get the hottest maths bride that's ever been. Ever been. Evelyn Ellis. Woo! We just had a quick little catch up 
off the record that you guys don't get to listen to. And yeah. My God, do you wish you could? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, that was so juicy bits. But we are joined on the couch now by the uh, hottest maths bride that oh, ever was. In history, guys. Yeah, in history. I, I love it. trying to embarrass me. <laughs> I mean, but come on, like you. Just but, claim it. Just, just take, claim it. It. take it. She's the horniest bride. I was the horniest. Are you the horniest yeah. bride? Yeah. <laughs> well, you just one line uh, I said. Am I the most aggressive bride? <laughs> <laughs> we've got the hottest bride, the most aggressive bride and the horniest. Hey, we've made history here right now. Look, we've made history it. and I'll take it. I'll take okay, it too. I'll take it. I am horny, so, you know, that's a fact. That's a true fact. Evelyn Ellis, thank you so much for sitting with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. How are time you? coming. Yes, yes I know. I feel like you guys are like the OGs. Oh, oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. It's a nice, you know, it's like, we, you know, a lot of people want to distance themselves from maths, but Ella yeah. and I are like, you know what? We fucking loved our maths days yeah. and we're proud to be known um, from maths. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though we didn't yeah. get out of maths a romantic relationship, we got mm-hmm. our beautiful friendship. Mm. And you came out of maths with an incredible relationship, which congratulations. Oh, thank beautiful. you. We it love love. Very unexpected. And, yeah, sometimes I sit at home and I look at Duncan. And I, we're in our home. I go, what is going on? Right. You know, I went on a experiment and actually found someone. Yeah. It's weird, bizarre. It's, Here we are. It's weird and bizarre and we love that. And that's what life's all about. Life yeah. is weird, right? Yeah. Let's we wanted to start today's episode with who is Evelyn? We want to get to know you properly and I feel like that's what everybody loves, you know, especially with Dom and I on our podcast, we just tell all here. Like this is the one platform out of all the fucking platforms, the TikToks, the YouTubes, the Instagrams, the fucking threads, whatever. This is the one platform where we share everything and we're we shared with our listeners who we were before the show, where we are now, all that sort of stuff. So we want to get to know who Evelyn was before maths. Because we all know you as obviously the hottest bride that ever was on maths. Mm-hmm. And we all know what went down. We, you know, we all follow you on Instagram and your hilarious TikToks. We yeah, love the TikToks. We love the TikToks. <laughs> you know, the thing about being a person in the spotlight, everyone feels like they know so much about you, mm-hmm. but they don't really know the real story, the real you. And, we'll, mm. you know, we want to get to know, you know, where did you grow up? Who was Evelyn like at school? What was mm. she like? What was, you know, what was your love life like mm. before maths? Mm. Let's so, start there. Yeah. Love life before maths. Well, I think my story, I think I have a lot of layers to me and I feel like it's forever changing mm. as I'm yep. sure everyone's lives yeah. are. Mm. But when it comes to love life, I wouldn't say I've been particularly unlucky, but I guess you could say I've kissed a few bad frogs Mm. in the past, but preach. I guess it all led me to Duncan. But yeah, I am definitely a relationship type of girl. Mm. I've always been in relationships and long-term relationships. Mm. I feel like I'm just a better person with a partner by my side and I feel like I concentrate more on work when I'm in a relationship. Mm, yeah. When I'm single, I'm bloody crazy. Yeah. Yes. I yep. I party a lot. Yeah. When I'm single, I think that's pretty normal. I get into lots of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think <laughs> You keep things exciting. Now you're kind of a bit more tame. Yeah, I think also this time in my life it's like I'm ready I've done all the partying. I'll probably talk to you about London a little bit later, but I've done all the crazy partying. I've done all the nights out. I worked in a nightclub for six years. Yeah. Yeah, so you'd have some stories, babe. Oh, I have some stories. I can't wait to get there. So, yeah, now my nights are pretty simple and pretty wholesome, but 
Yeah, I love it. Isn't it funny how as we get older, I mean, Dom and I were having this chat before, <laughs> we were having coffee, how we just, we don't drink anymore. Like, I haven't been drunk since April, which was six months ago. It's so weird. I used to drink alcohol like water and yeah. all of a sudden I've developed an allergy to red wine and I freaking love red wine out of nowhere. What's the allergy? I don't know. It just makes me throw up. Oh. Like I'll have one, two glasses of wine and I'll literally vomit. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, it's so weird. Came out of nowhere. That I was going to say, do you get Asian glow? No, I've got oh. the Australian side for that. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm really wow. half Asian. Yeah, I I get have it. you started any new medication? Or? No, it might have something to do with it being an organic wine and it being high in histamine. So ah. I think that's the universe telling me to just, just give up. The yeah. red wine, though, it's meant wow. to be good. For, like, I know that's red... what I think, right? Yeah. But no, I literally, I made dinner the other night had a glass of red wine with my friends and like halfway through dinner I had to go throw up in a plastic bag. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's like pretty serious. Uh, yeah. I went to see a naturopath doctor. Yeah. And yeah, he's the one that told me that I was allergic to red what? wine. Yeah. Isn't that so weird how oh. you can just become allergic to something that you yeah. had? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I love red wine. I, I pro- it probably won't stop me here and there. I'll probably <laughs> will still have a few sips. I it's love like, it. Am I going to be ready to throw up? I'll love a cheeky mud. Yeah. A cheeky mud tonight. Oh, wow. And so you you just hinted at like you worked at a nightclub for six years. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, your your childhood like in Australia, you were an only child. Yep. Mm. What was that like growing up as an only child in in the burbs? Yeah, in the burbs. And as well, Chinese. Chinese, Vietnamese. Vietnamese. That's right. Dad is Australian but was born in Japan. Wow. And then grew up in Hong Kong. So he has like Dom's features, like light hair, blue eyes, but speaks Cantonese fluently. Wow. Yeah, like if an Asian person closes their eyes and they hear my dad speaking, they think it's like an authentic Asian man. And then they open their eyes and they trip out. So when we go to the Asian restaurants, like my mum goes like to him in Chinese, don't talk Chinese because it becomes <laughs> such a spectacle. Like they call the people out in the restaurants like, hey, come look at this. It's, it's an like, Asian man. Really? Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So obviously you speak fluent with the parents. Um, I like to say emergency, uh-uh. emergency Cantonese. Okay. Yeah. It's it's one of those like muscles that you've got to flex, right? Yeah. You've got to constantly be speaking it yeah. to keep up. Yeah. The... I wish I like continued. I did Mandarin yeah. for two years. Mm. I lived in, well, I didn't live, but I kind of stayed in China for about three months. I love that. So I was speaking there mm-hmm. fluent, but now... I don't know shit. You should go to China. I feel like as soon as you jump off a plane in your native country, you're just like... I I can remember. I can still write it. Really? But I can't speak it. You can write it. That's so strange. I can speak it like a little bit because my dad's side are all Taiwanese and they all speak Mandarin like Mm -hmm. fluent. So when I see them, which is very... Irregularly, like twice yeah. a year, they all speak it, and my nene really only speaks. Oh, you're nene, <laughs> but I That's don't. So sweet. <laughs> but I don't, and it's such a hard language to just randomly yeah. start back up again. It yeah. really is. I mean, yeah, it would. It. I mean, it looks like a hard language to be able to write. But <laughs> I don't know how the whole. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's easier. that blows my mind. Also, seriously, man, learning how to like, my brain, it just. I don't know, remembers yeah. some things better than others. That's crazy. So what was your upbringing like, you know, having, I guess, half Asian, half Aussie, but your dad having that kind of, you know, speaking fluent yeah. Cantonese? Yeah. What was it like? 
So I think being first generation or first generation child of immigrants, I think it was like the best upbringing because you get the best of both worlds. Mm. But I think there was a lot of confliction growing up because I think my parents wanted me to live a very traditional Mm. lifestyle but I was brought up around Australian kids. So I wanted to go to the beach, yeah. climb trees, yeah. you know, be a little Mowgli. But, you know, <laughs> mum didn't like me to be in the sun. Oh. Mum wanted me to play violin, piano, tutor, like all the mm. extracurriculum activities. And I used to rebel a lot because I was the only child also. Mm. But I think growing up as an only child, you're, you become very creative. Like you have to be creative in the way you make friends. Yeah. Mm. So what I would do as a child is I... I would hear the kids next door playing and I would throw the tennis ball over the fence purposely and I'd pop my head up and be like, hi, can I have my tennis ball back? And they'll be like, do you want to come play with us? I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess. And like, that's how I would make friends. Aww. So you like that though. Yeah, you learn to be like, you learn, I guess it's quite manipulative, I guess. I kind of <laughs> like that. Though. I mean, it's yeah. a vibe. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> well, you got to put yourself out there. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great uh, analogy really, just even for making friends as adults. Like you've yeah. got to kind of put yourself out there, right? Yeah. Like you got to create like, the play opportunity. Alone. Mm. Mm. But like exactly. good on you for even having the courage at such a young age to even think of that though, right? I know, a little shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, when did you start getting tattoos ah i'm so curious about the tattoos by the way so <laughs> my first tattoo is on my left shoulder and it was rest in peace gyan which which is my grandmother mm. and i got that in my school uniform in the back of some tattoo artists tattoo artists backyard and i was sat on a milk crate oh and i was like just give me a tattoo man okay so your first tap was on your shoulder yeah. Wow. You so you went full it? out. Yeah. You yeah. do still have it. That that was a little one, yeah. I'm not okay. lasering that, but I'm lasering my other tats. Yeah. So the lasering <laughs> process. Yes, the yes. lasering journey. How is that going? Like, wow. Yeah. Look, it's really painful. It's more painful than actually doing the tattoo. But I've like I say to people, it depends how much you want to get rid of the thing. Ex- yeah, that's like I've mind been told over that. matter. Yeah. Like yeah. and it's apparently it smells not very nice. It smells <laughs> Like burning like skin? pork crackling. Oh, that's okay though. Pork crackling's yummy. But like human version. Yeah, that's what I mean. It smells, I've heard that it smells <laughs> fucked up. Like how many <laughs> sessions do you need? Like in a different for colour? Like, oh, I don't know. They. I think I've got like five more left. But yeah, colour is way harder. <sighs> and I, because I remember I'll show seeing you my lower back Because you're lasering off a few, aren't you? you oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It's faded heat. Yeah. But you're not getting rid of the one on your leg? No, I'm leaving that one. Yeah, I, I like, like that. that. Yeah. I like it. Because I remember seeing wow. on maths. Yeah. You had the ma- tattoo makeup? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tattoo makeup. I got really good at covering my tats. It's like, Rupert, get my back. Come on. <laughs> so was that, just, was that something that you wanted to do, like to cover them, or was it something that they told you to do? No, no, no. They, they would never tell me to cover my tattoos. It's just... My ugly tattoos are an insecurity of mine because one, it's like half a tattoo. It's like, if it's going to be a tattoo, be a tattoo. If it's not a tattoo, like just bloody get rid of it. Mm. Okay. So I've gotten really good at just covering up with makeup, wow. um, especially with my modeling as well. Yeah. Got to cover that shit up. That shit doesn't fly. Yeah. But yeah, just was very impulsive when I was younger. Mm. Obviously not in a good headspace to make the right decisions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did that go down with your parents, with the tattoos when you came home? So 
I really tried desperately to hide it. So my first one, which I got in the milk crate, I was like, I'm not going to let, mum's not going to know. Literally like two hours when I got home, I was like staring at it in the mirror. I was like, yeah, I'm so cool. <laughs> and then my mum walks in, she goes, what's that? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so two hours till mum found out. Did but she die? Yeah, I feel like she just gave up at that yeah. point. Now, that was like my parents. Yeah. There's nothing, I think they, when they see it, they're like, yeah, she's done it. Yeah, like, I, like this was my first one was this at schoolies. Oh, that's cutesy. I wish I did something like cutesy, like I could love heart. Yes. Was, my, well, my first one was this star. Yeah, so, so you guys I mean, are like smart. that's starting small. I got a full and tramp then, stamp. Well, then yeah. my next one, <laughs> so, yeah. I literally I came home from schoolies from that, and my stepdad was furious because he's pretty strict and yeah. like straight to one eighty Aussie. Um, Bratton. Bratton. And then I came home, I think a year later, with my whole thigh done. And oh, fuck, that's next level. I, 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 I love was, that, though. I, I was like, started here, got my whole thigh done. Yeah, you're like, do you like it? Do you like it? And I had my dressing get. They'd been away mm. on the weekend and I was in my room in my innocent Peter Alexander dressing gown, which I think everyone has. And I literally was like, fuck it, you're just going to have to show them because yeah, you it's have a, to. Bit, a very big piece. Mm-hmm. So I just like opened my dressing gown and like just showed my thigh and then kept. Did your mum die? Yeah. My mum died. Like Russell was so disappointed. Like uh, <sighs> he was just so disappointed in me and I was just like, oh, well, it's it's my body, it's my life, it's my choices, and they just. Dom, Dom's like, yeah, 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 that's right, girl. Yeah, <laughs> I was nineteen as well. Like I was just yeah. out of high school, and then the ink just never stopped. And then they eventually, they eventually just stopped mm. making comments. Yeah, they're like, this is her. Yeah, it's not a phase, mom. Yeah, it's this definitely is- not a phase. It's I don't. It, what is it about you know parents and tattoos and. You know, I think that we're going to – well, I mean, obviously, (laughs) yeah, like a lot of people do regret their tattoos. (laughs) What is it about that specific tattoo that you regret? Is it because it represents a time in your life or is it the colour? Is it the design? C, all above. But I think it's like when I – yeah, it was just like a dark place in my life where I just like didn't care about my body, didn't care about myself and Mm. I just like would find so many ways to try and fuck it up. Right. Was that when you were still living – here in Australia or was that? Yeah, before? that okay. was when I was still living in Sydney. And also I just, I'm a lady now, so, you know. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't back then. Wasn't I wasn't a lady. I don't and know I what I was back then. Yeah. Just figuring shit out. I was a gremlin. Yeah. Just being young. Just being a little gremlin. Yeah. You know? I mean, We've all been gremlins. I think yeah. it, still am at times. Yeah. We all go through those stages in life, you know, whether that be with our fashion, with, mm. with you know, how we want to represent ourselves. You Expressing know, with ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Haircuts. You go through stages, you know, like I went through stages with where I had like hair extensions in my hair. Mm. No, nah, that's not me who I am now. I'm in my clean girl era. I'm not like I'm going like no nail polish. I had a fucking know. mohawk. Did you? Yeah, I she had, had a fucking mohawk. <laughs> Full on fucking mohawk. I shaved my whole head though. I had I slits in my eyebrows so and a lip piercing. I had two slits Get in my out. eyebrows I know. Too. Oh my God. Should we att- attach to this podcast like little photos Please. of like what we looked like back then? Yeah, like, we the need worst. to. Like, Mine are shocking. And like I had wow. thick winged eyeliner thinking I could the do Amy it. Amy Whitehouse, then. hello. Eat your heart out. That was literally me. But with like So a where, was, where was the change where you were like, okay, I'm – moving to London, I'm going to live in London, I'm going to work in a nightclub. Like what was the moment we were like, all right, see you Australia, bye, yeah. I'm going. What took you there? Yeah. So without saying too much, I was in a pretty toxic relationship yeah, back then. Yeah. In Sydney? Yeah, in Sydney. And I felt like the only way that I could fully escape and 
get my head right was to move to a different country. I felt like my life in Sydney was very repetitive. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more. So one day I said, fuck it. Sell my shit, pack up, bought a one-way ticket to London. I was 18. Wow. What, what did your parents say? My dad thought I was going to be back in a couple of weeks. I go, Dad, I'm moving to London. He goes, you'll be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Two weeks turned into six years. Fuck. Yeah. Six years. Six bloody years in London on my own. Wow, wow. man. An 18-year-old moves to London Gutsy on her own. Gutsy as, man. You yeah. would have, that would have pushed you to grow up as That's well. Very. my balls, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Ball stupidity, I don't know. Depends who's asking. But, 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 but you life. know what? You need, a, you need a bit of both to do it. Yeah. Because I think, you know, when you are moving somewhere completely unknown, you need a bit of both. You need like a bit of balls. You need a bit of stupidity. Yeah, because I sometimes agree. you... You get too scared and you don't do it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So you need a bit of both Fear to do is it. Good. But with everything, like you guys and your business ventures, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm not sure if this and that. You guys just go and do it, so... She's yeah. to having some balls. Having some balls. balls. I just love it. I think, I think you know, as women we, we get put in this box of being like, mm, you need to be like, you know, a nice young lady. You mm-hmm. need yeah. to, you know, have it all. You need to do your business mm-hmm. work. You need to be successful but you just need to stay in a straight line. And I think fuck the straight line. Like, yeah, I don't want a courage as well. Like to do the – take the risks, put yourself out there, yeah. mm-hmm. the unknown to just have the courage to actually do that on your own mm-hmm. or with a friend or with your partner doing – like it takes a lot of balls. Mm. So courage, getting to London yeah. as an eighteen-year-old, mm. being like, okay, what the fuck? Like I'm here, I don't know anyone. Hmm. What? How did you get your bearings? Like, what was the? What was the first thing you did? Yeah, first job, first friend, first route. <laughs> <laughs> first job, first friend, first route. <laughs> so the first place I stayed at was an Airbnb, and when I booked the place, I thought I was getting my own room. But I get in the room and it's a bunk bed and then a Bulgarian guy walks in and like we're both as confused as each other. We just look at each other and he feels sorry for me. I'm this like little petite little Asian girl like by myself and and he's just like, I'm sorry, I didn't know either. He slept on top. I slept on the bottom of the bunk bed and the person who owned the Airbnb felt awful also. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? Like share house kind of thing. Yeah. But like bunk bed, same room. And like that was really uncomfortable. But thank God everyone was so lovely. And I think like everyone felt sorry for me. So they kind of like <laughs> looked after me. And then I went on gumtree.com to try and find a share house. And I moved in with this amazing Indian family in East London. And I became like one of their own. I would sit Aww. on the sofa with them and they would make me curry. Aww. And to this day, they still check up on me. It's really sweet. Oh, I love that. I that made nice. friends of Tinder. Wow. I believe yes. that. Wait, I've done that Tinder for I, friends. No, I think Well, like, back then there w- wouldn't have been apps oh, for that. True. But yeah. I actually agree with you. I've made some amazing friends off Tinder. Yeah. Really? I, I never did Tinder. Tinder. Yeah. I, I never did it. But yeah, I've heard of people making friends off it. Well, I didn't know anyone. I didn't want to go out myself. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll go on Tinder and then I, I'm i friends with this person. Shout out Gaultier if you're <laughs> seeing this. Gaultier was my first like... I think he probably thought it was a date. I was like, I just want to go out, man. Like, I just need to <laughs> make some friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to use him to be my mate for the night. <laughs> Show me around. Be my tool guide. Love that. <laughs> so mean, That's awesome. Mean Gaultier. He, what nationality he, is that? He was French, Vietnamese, I think. Wow. And what a mix. A, we're still friends to this day also. That's cool. 
And yeah, he took me to a nightclub. He was a club promoter and it was all downhill since. <laughs> he exposed you to, to the underworld. So, and is that, Good, yeah. <laughs> is that where you then started your work in, in clubs as well? Like was that your first job in London or? I, my first job was in Harrods. Oh, I worked cool. in retail nice. for a little bit. Then I got the sack. Because I wasn't very good at retail. Mm. Retail, yeah. Hard. I said I was. I called in sick, but I was in. A, I was at an Avicii concert in Ibiza, and like, the f- yeah. I came back. HR was like, "Can you explain this?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> that's the, that's that's right." I yeah. was there at Avicii in Ibiza. I got. I mean, I couldn't do retail. Yeah. I did it for oh like a God. small Rick. period of time when I was like it's sixteen. So repetitive, and I couldn't do it. One days after the other. Yeah, and some people are just so good at it, but I cannot handle rude people. Yeah. And I mean, the oh. customer's always right when you're in retail, yeah. and that ain't gonna work for me. Yeah, yeah. And you Harrods know. is like this big prestigious yeah. like shopping center where I think it's I like went there in London. Harrods is like the shopping center. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's like that. So you have to like bow down to everyone. Yeah, so strict, uniform every day. Wow. And, like, from what I've told you from my upbringing, like, any type of conforming was not really, like, like, made me itchy. (laughs) You know, it was hard for me. And then I fell into nightclubs. Yeah. I was a bottle service girl. Love that. Met amazing people. Got drunk every single night. What are the people you would have met? What are the clubs in London? I don't think I – I don't think – I did a couple of clubs uh, when I was there for meeting Chelsea. Ruffies. Ruffles. Ruffles. Yeah. Is that a club? But Raffles would have told you guys to go there to film and to no, do we did, stuff. No? That was like off camera. Oh, okay. That was like yeah. their club that they yeah. all loved to go to. Raffles is not a club club, but yeah, Raffles is nice. I like Raffles. Who was the coolest person that you served while working at a nightclub? Were you like at a- like an exclusive club? Yeah. Course Will I Am was the nicest. Oh, that's he's bloody cool. He's so weird. He was the nicest. That's so cool. Yeah, you would have seen some like proper celebs there. And did you get, t- you would have got tipped a lot, right? Yeah. So, but you guys, the th- how London nightclubs worked is it's very heavily male based. Mm. So the servers, you it's not like Vegas where you think it's all women. Yeah. The servers are very male dominated, oh. mainly French or Italian. And you guys have very, very big targets to book in. So if you don't pull enough numbers on reservations for table bookings, you get fired. Like I got fired all the time because I didn't pull enough numbers. Really? Whoa. Yeah. So it's competitive as. Very like, competitive. It's like sales. You've yeah. got targets to me. You would have to go to like exclusive restaurants like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays and essentially try to poach clients to come to the club. And that's how nightlife works. But because I didn't have my contact list, like people who Mm. are servers would have been doing it for five, ten years. People would just text them, hey, I want to come out tonight. And like they would send them to whatever club. But because I was new, I'd have to find my clients and build relationships. It was hell. Was it easy for you? It was so hard. I was so young. I hated it. It was very much like go, 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 like no t- like I would break down all the time but there was no time for crying they were like come yeah. on get it it's all about the money book it in and so you were partying a lot at this in this life yeah in I London? guess it, I met probably two really good friends of mine one of my best friends still from nightlife which is what I appreciate but I think you kind of are obligated to drink with the clients mm, yeah. not fully but like do a shot here and there but yeah. I didn't know my limit I would get taken away sometimes I wouldn't be able to close up the bill because I'd be so smashed ah, that would be me too I'm a, I'm a <laughs> 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 That's so that combined with no sun 
going to sleep late because it gets dark so early, 3 p.m. in the winter. Oh, yeah. the weather. I couldn't do it. In a night in a nightclub, it's you know. Like a vampire. It was very depressing. I was like a vampire. I you know, I probably am slim to you now, but I was so malnourished and like was not eating. You said just... you said that you were petite and I I'm like You're I'm... petite now. Like I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Even I was more I was much more petite. Wow. Back then. So I think that just goes to show like how unhealthy my lifestyle was yeah. back then. And it's not something that you can do for for a long period of time, right? Because your body keeps score. It catches yeah. up with you, yeah. man. It I've, ages you as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think I still have trouble sleeping early now, but I've gotten a lot better, but when I look back on my stories and stuff, I still see people do it for 10 years yeah. and they, they keep going. But I think the difference from them to me is like maybe they have like a stronger mindset mm. to me and they can find the balance. But for me, I couldn't find the balance. Yeah. So it was not for me. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. while you were living that uh, London lifestyle, how did Big Brother come about? Like mm. how did the whole reality TV thing mm -hmm. start? Yeah. yeah. Like how did it happen? Did you apply? So... I think when I was little, I used to like idolize models. I don't know why. I just did. I was like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. Like, I want to be a model. I feel like growing up for, for girls, our era, it, for was, our it was generation, like the Paris it, Nicole, yeah, yes. you know, the Britney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and it wasn't. It was like you wanted to lead that glamorous lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You wanted to, you know, get dressed up and be you fabulous. imagine like their life. Yeah. yeah. You want to be in their life. Yeah. I think and that's pretty like, I think that's pretty yeah, cool. and feel yeah. beautiful and be yeah. accepted and have other people think that you're beautiful. Yeah. And that's what I thought I wanted when I was a wee little spring chicken. <laughs> so I was like, I want to be a model. And then I think this agent approached me disclaimer like ladies if you want to be a model do your bloody research don't mm. let any tom dick and harry mm. come and promise you the world and say that they're a booker and yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. because you can end up in pretty sticky situations yeah anyway he sent me the application form for big brother he's like do this will be good for your career i don't want to say i wish i never did that but i just know that if i wanted to model i could have gotten there so many other ways, but I just didn't know better. Right. I was like 19, 20 at this yeah, time. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll send in my application, da, 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 da. Next thing you know, I have blindfolds and headphones on and I'm in a car getting ready to be tossed on stage to go in the Big Brother house. Mm. Yeah, I was so – I was younger than 20. I didn't even know that Big Brother was in the UK. Yeah. I didn't – and wow. has it, had it been going yeah. for like the same amount of years as Australia? Maybe longer, but I feel like Big Brother wow. UK is like way more whack. Yeah, probably like, the less rules. And, and, less and like UK think, television is though UK television. Yeah, it's like where and yeah. there's, there's like sex as, scenes. Yeah. Like it's always uncut. It's shock I feel. factor. It's yeah. all about shock factor. And so that was your wow. first foray into reality TV. What was mm. it like for you? Like being thrust into like and Big Brother's pretty intense. It's like twenty four seven cameras on you. Yeah. Like yeah. everything's controlled. There was no challenges back then, though, right? There were challenges. Oh. Like you had to fight for our food. You know, yeah. just everyday life. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Um, I think because I was so young, I wasn't very confident in myself, so I didn't have like. I wish I told more people to fuck off, but I remember mm. there was this really funny scene where me and my girlfriend that I was closest to in the house. We were bitching about everyone else in the house because mm. they were like purposely excluding us and they weren't oh. being nice. So we were like, just imagine you and Ella just on the bed, just talking like I can't, like they're so rude to us. <laughs> yeah. 
Five minutes later, they call us on the sofa and then they put up the big screen and they replayed our whole conversation <laughs> in front of the, oh, the whole cast. Mate. It's such a reality TV show. And then, yeah. We're just like, yes, things are going to be really hard for us yes. <laughs> <laughs> moving forward. Are you still in touch with anyone that you were in the house with? Or? So two people, Laura Carter, who she actively speaks about how she had a really hard experience in Big mm. Brother, and Huey, who is Irish and is a traveller and he lives a very flamboyant, colourful life. So they're the two people that I kind of like check in on Instagram with here oh, and there. nice. Have they continued life in reality TV. in that kind of world as well or they've Probably just kind of... So Laura, no, that I think that she came from reality TV before. So mm. my season, it wasn't like people who were like super famous but it was people who kind of already had a profile already so okay. andrew tate was in my season so random so crazy. That he, like marco what? pierre white oh yes he was the famous so, chef yeah. his son oh, was absolute not gross oh. um laura had done tv before Letitia grace had done the valleys like some people who'd done a bit of geordie shaw so everyone was accustomed and christened okay. to reality tv so i was very much out of my depth right and yeah that, w- that was Big Brother and I... How long were you in there for? So I lasted all the way till the finals. Well, how long is that? What, what is Six it? Like, weeks? I think it's like eight. Oh, Eight weeks. Maybe Jesus. even longer. I could be wrong. Fuck, that is a long time actually. Like No phone, no radio, no television. Yeah, yeah. When the storeroom would go like red, it means they're restocking the storeroom. So people would be like, oh, we know that there's alcohol coming. And then once it turns green, I've never seen grown-ups being more savage as they were running towards <laughs> that store and people were like barging each other oh, out of the way. Right. I'm kind of getting they were some just wanting the drink. There's nothing to do in there. You I'm know? getting like flashbacks yeah. of that when they would you would go in there and everyone would grab things out of the brother. I yeah. Yeah. but it's so different now. Yeah. yeah it's not I know. what it used to be. It isn't what it used to be. I feel like they need Fitzy to bring whipper it. days. Yes. That's what they need yeah. to bring it back yeah. to the good old days where it was Big like brother Lisa Marie fucking yeah. shaking her ass. Yeah. yeah. You know, that yeah. kind of shit. That's what we want to see. And there is a lot of like just overly curated and yeah. you know all of that kind of stuff. And we see it that now with different. TikTok. People want to just see the real everyday mm. like random shit, not like overly produced. Edited. Yeah. Fixed up, you mm-hmm. know. So I just want to, like, I don't want to talk about Andrew Tate and, like, what a, mm-hmm. you know. I don't even know, know who that is. But mm-hmm. was he. I vaguely know. Do you think, like, knowing him back then, mm-hmm. do you think that he does it just to get attention or do you think he actually is that kind of misogynistic? Mm-hmm. What did he do on the show? Of, Wait, do you know what he did on the show? Andrew Tate is. I know who he is now because my boyfriend bought him up and I'm like, who is this guy, babe? He's coming back or something and then he was showing me. Some TikToks and I'm like, okay, I don't know who this guy is. I've heard this name. I think he's just out there for being a fuckwit, let's be honest, like for saying some pretty arrogant, misogynistic things about women and whatever. Is that where he says it? Look, I don't know what mess him and Tristan have gotten themselves into. Who's Tristan? His brother. So Andrew and... Tristan have always been exactly the same that they are now. Mm -hmm. They've always been very strong with their beliefs and extremely opinionated. I didn't get to spend too much time with Andrew in the house because I think he was only there with us for like three days. Oh, wow. But I think Andrew is the same. Andrew's the same from what he was in the house for sure. He's always been like that. I think he's very clever at social media Mm, and he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. How old were you when you went on Big Brother? 
Oh, I can't tell you exactly, but I'm going to say 19 or 20. Yeah, see, that's wow. young. Yeah. That's so young. Yeah. 19. I was so self-conscious back then. Oh, oh me too. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, Hello. So 20, oh, my God. That's like <laughs> peak of insecurity. 20-year-old yeah. Dominica. Fuck peak me. Of, yeah. Like 20-year-old oh, me. Yeah. That's when I had the mohawk. I was 19 yeah. with a fucking mohawk, smoking diaries and partying every weekend. So life after Big Brother, Fire. what was that like for you? In London still, living your best life or? Did you go back to nightlife after? Wait, yeah. was that after Big Brother? Yeah, I went I went to Thailand for a little bit, did a little trip. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to free ground and find myself because whatever <laughs> I did was fucked up. <laughs> and then it was back into nightlife. Yeah, it's like right. nothing ever happened. And then did you get more into modelling after that? Like did you see a career growing in modelling? Mm-hmm. So this is when I said that I wish I didn't listen to this agent and mm-hmm. go ahead and do Big Brother because – I think any reputable modeling agency would not take a reality star seriously for modeling. Back then, I think the mm. recipe might have changed a little bit mm, since yeah. then. Yeah. But back then, especially if you made a dick of yourself like me, it's like <laughs> you, you need a little bit for the smoke to just go down a little bit until mm. I got back. But eventually, I worked my little ass off, knocked on the right doors, and yeah, started to finally get a little career out of it. But it took a while. So did you become like a – like did you get like a permanent residency in the UK? Yeah. So oh, right. I did the two-year visa and then my – because I have some type of English heritage in my family, I was eligible for ancestry. Oh, that's so great. that was – thank God because I know a lot of my friends – either Londoners coming here or vice versa, they can't get papers and it's like a pain in the ass to wow. do. Yeah, I've heard that it can be notoriously hard mm-hmm. to How get. lucky is that? So how old were you when you actually came back to Australia? I was 25. And what brought you back? So my mum's mum just passed away and she was sick at the time. So I wanted to come back and see her and she died whilst I was on the plane back over. And I think that to me was a reminder of how far Mm. I was and how short time is and how precious your family was. And then Mm. I'm an overthinker. I think about everything. So I'm like, what if I stay here longer and something happens to my parents and I'm the only child? I don't have a sibling to go Mm. look after my mom and dad. It's just me. So, yeah. That alongside being in another relationship that didn't work out, you know. <laughs> I'm really good at that. So you, so you had a relationship in London. Yeah. And then broke up, things at home, came home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here we are. And how many years ago is that now? I'm very bad with timelines. but the How old are you now? I am 20. Oh, my God. I'm 28 in like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of years, so a yeah. handful of years. So you're back in Sydney now. Yeah. So you were saying before that you weren't necessarily scouted for Married at First Sight for that season, were you? Or you didn't you apply? S- no, I was not an applier. So they asked you to be on it. So Evelyn was on season 10, which was 2023 season mm-hmm. this year. Yep. And you were asked, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. And that was when you just got back to Sydney, you mm-hmm. weren't ready, shit wasn't really happening, you wanted to, it to be the right time because you are fully exposed when you go on reality TV. Exactly. <laughs> fully. I was not ready to be naked. Yeah, naked, nah, they I come know. in your house, your yeah. family, your yeah. friends. Yeah. Like it, once you're on there. And yeah. it's not even what they film and what gets shown, it's that your whole life is opened up mm-hmm. to 
everyone yeah. afterwards. Everything. Yeah. you got to be so ready. That's really what it is about going on reality TV. And I don't think people really fully understand mm. that going on a show, oh, it's great. Like it's filmed for eight weeks and, you know, the show airs for another eight weeks. But, but then, then maybe two years later in – Fucking Sweden, they're Sweden watching now. it, and they're you know, people are really? people are talking about. Are you still with Jack? I'm like, babes, I'm so, I'm with Jack, but yeah. it's not the same one. And people yeah. messaging oh, me, your partners. <laughs> yeah. That's it's so funny. Yeah, it keeps going. Like every year, there'll be a new, a new country or place that will message you, yeah. and be like, I mean, I have one the other day, being like, you're so much better than him. Hope you're happy now. I'm like, have you gone on my profile? Yeah, I have a boyfriend. Yeah, it's only two years ago for us. Yeah, so I mean, for you as well, like. It'll just keep happening. Interesting. So when you when you knew you were going to go on maths, you're getting ready for your wedding day, did you honestly think that they were going to pair you with someone that you were actually going to like? Okay, so here's the interesting part. Something, I'm very spiritual yeah. and I follow my gut a lot. Something in my stomach told me I was going to meet someone on the show or right after the show. Oh, wow. I wow. fucking knew it in my gut and I was seeing signs. I don't know if... My phone was listening to me talk to my friends, mm. but like I was seeing like little ads pop up that would like co-align with what I was feeling. It was weird. Oh. I just didn't think it would be Duncan. What? Well, I mean, so weird. It's so weird, but I knew. It's so. I mean, it's not weird because I'm really spiritual yeah. as well, yeah. and I totally get like your intuition, your instincts, mm-hmm. your gut does know. Yeah, you have a your certain gut knows. feeling about mm-hmm. yeah something. It guides you. Yeah, and mm. you knew that yeah. you were meant to be on maths. Like you, knew, something just felt right about you going on there that year. Also, yeah. so previously, I w- I got to the process where I was about to sit down with the experts, and then I chickened out, oh. and I was like, no, 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 fuck this, no, 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 no. And so I still had all the producers' contact details and everything. So this season of maths, I sent an email. I said, hey, I'm ready. Next thing you know, I'm in a wedding dress walking down the aisle. So what? how long did wow. you have before going, getting married? So I didn't want to be an intruder. Right. Because I, ah. I, I knew like even the word intruder. Yeah. It's like I don't want to be the one that comes, mm. you know what I mean? Um. I feel but, like it's also quite scary to be an intruder. Yeah, it's, the new it's one. It's also coming into that dynamic yeah. where everyone's already there. Friends and friends. Yeah. That thing. The, yeah. 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 And I think in the past people identify intruders as homewreckers. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't want to be the intruder. Yeah. I just want to start where everyone else started. But I'm glad I did because yeah. everything worked out perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And so Rupert, are you still friend like friendly with him? Like, what's, yeah. And what's so me, Rupert, and Duncan are still friends. Oh, that's it's cute. Nice. It's weird. Whatever. It's dysfunctional. It works for us. Was he as weird as what he was like? That that awkward? Look, I think I'm just as weird and just as awkward as Rupert. But I think I was able to like hide it better and like know when to just. Yeah. He was say like super s- nervous though. Yeah, it's a lot. I think it is a lot, guys. It is a lot. It is a, like, you're yeah. fucking nervous yeah. as. Yeah. And some people, you know, show their nerves in different, in ways. different ways. And yeah. I completely get it. Like, yeah. I think his thing was they made him look like a fumbling He couldn't idiot talk. Because you were just so hot and he was, like, flustered and, oh, my God, look at this goddess in front yeah. of me. It, it made sense from a TV perspective, For him right? to be blown away. For, yeah. for him to be blown yeah. away because they were calling you, like, the hottest bride In ever. history. In history. Uh, you know, so was it difficult coming in then? Like you saying, you know, you didn't want to be an intruder. Mm -hmm. Coming into that group dynamic, meeting Mm. everyone, seeing what everyone was like, you know, in your season, 
now for fuck's sake. I'm trying to remember now. I, I'm, it's all like, coming back to me and i tell you what, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm actually trying I've to seen a lot. I can remember who you came in with as well. Who were the other intruders? Taylor and Hugo. Oh, that was oh, a whole other story. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's yeah. Uh, a whole other level, that one. Yeah. There was a lot of interesting characters this year, that's for sure. It was an interesting – oh, yeah. wait, Harrison was on that. Yeah. Your year. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that feels like a lifetime Harrison ago. And, Harrison and good old Bronte. Mm. Oh, what? I have not even thought about her since the I show. I know, where is she? I can't, I don't even know. I haven't heard it. Well, the last I heard, she's making a killing on OnlyFans. I don't get, I don't understand. It makes it a bit like, it's predictable almost. Yeah. OnlyFans isn't something that you just go, I'm going to use it to capitalise. Like, I, it's yeah. a, I did OnlyFans before I was even on Married at First Sight for a very short period of time yeah. because, as what I've said this entire time, was because I'd just gone through a divorce, I was broke, I needed it the money. It was COVID lockdown. It was COVID yeah. lockdown, all of that. It wasn't something that I was then going to go and publicise on mm. my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I went on Married at First Sight and then the whole fucking world knows I was on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that wasn't the plan. That definitely wasn't the plan yeah, and that yeah. wasn't my idea and that wasn't yeah. how I wanted to be associated yeah. with OnlyFans and it's yeah. not something that I'm ashamed of ever doing. I never will be. It's mm-hmm. something – No, I don't I'm, think it's something anyone should be mm-hmm. ashamed no, of. No, definitely not. I'm, I'm all for it and it's great. But the thing that I don't understand is that people that do it straight after going on a reality TV show, I think it's – not only is it predictable but mm. I just think it's a little bit – I don't know. It's a really hard word to find. It's a, I can't. I don't yeah. know what the word is, yeah. and I can. I feel as though because I have technically an OnlyFans account and I've associated with it and reality TV, I can actually comment on it. True. So, oh, for me, it just seems fucking weird. I understand it because it's money, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's a good look if you want to build a career mm-hmm. long term. And there, I've said it, and I feel like I can say it. Because I have an OnlyFans and I've built a career, but I did OnlyFans prior to going on Married at First yeah. Sight. And Married at First Sight made my storyline OnlyFans, mm. even though that wasn't my that story. That wasn't the story. So I feel yeah. like I can say it. And yeah. there probably is going to be headlines out of this now. But, well, but it's the truth. But it's the truth. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I still get asked, when am I going to, when am I starting OnlyFans? Yeah. Did and you get asked about starting an OnlyFans? Of course I did. But yeah. Unfortunately, whether we like it or not, I feel like there's only a few options for people who jump off reality TV and I feel like some of the people think that their only options are OnlyFans, which I understand why they would want to do that and capitalise. And then I feel like a podcast is one that a lot of people do after reality TV. Like me, I'm starting a podcast also, so I feel like... Because you do have options. Yeah. I mean, after maths, I went back to my job full-time. Yeah. I went back to beauty yeah. on the weekends and I went yeah. back to my sales job Monday to Friday yeah. for about four months. Yeah. A lot of people quit their jobs. I know on my like, season. Is, yeah. That blows yeah. my mind. I, that, yeah. that I my quit mind. my job. But were yeah. you in a – the thing is as well, like I think it's a big risk. Like yeah. first of all, it's a big risk going on reality yeah. TV because mm. you don't know what the future holds. You don't know how you're going to come off. You don't know who you're yeah. going to be matched with because all of that plays a role in how you're going to come off, right? Like your yeah. match plays a pretty big role as well because yeah. they bring out certain sides of you. But taking the risk in quitting a job if you're not in a financial stable position to do so – yeah, is I, a big, big. But did you quit a job having like influencing as a side hustle though? I was or, financially stable. I was renting yeah. my own apartment. Yeah. It, it was a risk still. Yeah, but I could weigh it up. 
Well, guys, we unpacked a lot in part one. Now, if you want to stay tuned for part two, which is going to drop on Thursday, we have a lot more to chat about with Evelyn and Evelyn had a bone to pick with Dom. So stay tuned.